Welcome back to episode 104 of Your Best Year Starts Here. I need to say that I have no idea what to say, but I'm sure something will come up for me. But that's often what happens in life, that you don't always have to have everything prepared and planned. It's called trusting your gut and trusting that you know what's going to happen. Yep. And more than anything else, to we spoke about mindset before, but there was something that I left out, is that when you trust yourself and you've got self-esteem and your morning phrases, I am enough, you know, often we're looking for other people's approval to make us feel good enough. Yep. You know, so we spoke about likes on WhatsApp and on social... Yeah, but it's more important to like yourself than to get likes on your selfie, right? But the reason we don't like ourselves is because we keep comparing ourselves to other people. Yep. But the real nuts and bolts of it for me is this pandemic for me has shown what, in a way, not necessarily semi-retirement is going to look like, but how I'm going to spend my time. Mm-hmm. Ayana Van Zandt said... She said, it's not I'm by myself. She said, I'm with myself. Yep. And I've realized I quite like being with myself. I quite enjoy a bit of alone time. I do enjoy some trashy TV as well, but I've enjoyed being with the dog. I've enjoyed having some space and saying all that, and I'm now going to go to the flip side. I loved going to the airport a couple of weeks ago. I went with my friend Jeff to Lithuania, and I loved the freedom of flying again. And I love the idea of going to another country and presenting my passport. And I love that. And I always like Michael McIntyre's line that he said, a passport is your pass to go through a port. So your picture needs to look like you. Otherwise, you can't pass a port. So when people are embarrassed to show you their passports, they go, this isn't really me. It needs to be you. (laughs) Otherwise, you can't go to another country. But I enjoyed traveling, and I think I enjoyed traveling in one way because it wasn't manic traveling. Mm. Like, you know, the year before lockdown, I did 130 speeches in 35 countries. This year, I did five before lockdown. So in the first five and a half weeks, I did five international travels. And from March the 3rd, I've done one. Yep. And I don't have another one booked until I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. In April, I'm yeah, going April back next to the year. States. Yep. So the concept is I've enjoyed traveling and I enjoy less hustle and bustle, but I still like the idea of driving into town because there's some excitement. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having excitement... I want you to recognise it's not the outside world that gives you excitement. It's your own inside. Sorry, it, it's your own internal. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's you know, energy builds energy, right? So the more energy we've got, the more energy we've got. And I know that's, you know, okay, so if I've got no energy. Where does energy come from? But the, the more we do small things and celebrate those small successes, the more they lead on to bigger things. So, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about kind of writing books and things, but... For me, you know, when I got stuck with the book and I wasn't making any progress, the longer it sat kind of gathering dust on my hard disk and me not touching it, the the harder it was to go back to it. When I went back to it, just writing a page or a paragraph or something made it much easier to keep that momentum and write more. And I, you know, when I started to actually go, okay, well, nobody's given me a deadline on this because I am the publisher. So I need to give myself one. 
you know, if I was working with a formal publisher, I mean, I've done things like that in the past, you know, people go, you need to have this thing done by this date. Well, you know, I mean, for example, a mastermind group that I ran for a couple of years, I used to produce a, a playbook for them every month. So, you know, somewhere between probably 12 and 24 pages based around a specific topic that would be focusing on in the mastermind, etc. And I used to produce one of those every single month. Well, in order to have it ready for the physical meeting, it had to be with the printer by a certain date, which meant it had to be with the graphic designer by a certain date. And you work backwards from there. I, I had a date that I had to have the thing done. So you had, when you had demands and dates, things got done. Yes. So I was... With, but when it's only you and you don't have that external pressure, guess what? It's really easy to go, oh, another couple of days won't make well, any I'm difference. Well, I'm help you out here because we spoke about this just before we started the podcast. I have a little man who's sitting on the floor called Alfie who's, who's just, now getting who's up who's now getting yeah. up and Alfie's Al- the dog for anyone that's and Alfie that. demands something every single day called a walk mm-hmm. what's really interesting is that there have been a couple of days because the weather has changed when I've looked out the mirror and thought I can't be asked. so we all have those CBA days yep. what's interesting is that when my day is structured and I walk Alfie in the first part of the day and I get fresh air and he goes out and we have some fun my day starts better. Yep. When I have what's called a lazy day and I don't walk him, my energy isn't isn't as, I'm going to say as creative, my energy doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. So if you can wake up in the morning and your opening line is, I am enough, and you do some meditation and you don't watch the news and you don't read the COVID deaths from the night before and you do a 20-minute walk, and I'm suggesting this because I'm doing it, I've done it for every day for nine months it seems that I get up and I have to walk the, the dog and I get out my energy is more my energy is more what's the word I'm looking for my energy seems to expand yep. even though I've done 5,000 6,000 steps and I've got anemia and in theory my energy is not as great and the days that I don't in theory I should have more energy because I haven't walked my energy isn't higher so whatever you want to create be that creation yep. whatever you want to do Start feeling that way instead of I'll wait till I feel good enough to yeah. be good enough. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, you, you don't lose weight so that you can join the gym, you know? Oh, is that why I'm having problems? <laughs> I keep but, thinking but, but, when but, I'm lost. You understand what I'm saying, right? It's like you don't get the result before you start doing the thing that gets you the result. I mean, one of the things that I've explained this a bunch of ways, again, this is actually in my book, but if you want to be the noun, you have to do the verb. If you want to have the label, you have to do the behaviours that go with that label. You want to be a pianist, you better play a piano. You know, you want to be a runner, you need to run. Whatever your thing is that you want to do, you need to actually do that thing. If you want to, you know, you want to be a YouTube personality, you better put some videos on YouTube, you know, and not just one, and then go, why did nobody watch it? And that goes back to the original thing we started about consistency. Exactly, but it's like, you know, whatever your thing is, you have to do your thing if you celebrate the small wins along the way, it will give you more momentum and more more energy to do the bigger things. Because every time we do something and we we kind of celebrate it for ourselves, and not even just not even about what other people say, when we celebrate it for ourselves, it gives us like a, a stronger belief that we're actually capable of doing something. You and know? I was going to share with you before that when you said you were writing the book for you. When the book is physically out, and I have written five books, I've done whatever I've done with podcasts, and I've done workbooks, 2% of the world will think your book is shit. I just thought I'd share Of course that. they will. No, but I'm just letting you know in advance. Yeah, of course they will. 
But 2% are going to say it's the best book they've ever written, that you've ever read. They're also not right. It's and the other right. 96 kind of are somewhere in the middle, yeah. yeah. So if you're waiting for total approval from every single person, it's never going to happen. Yep. And I, I saw the line, and I think we said it before, don't listen to people's opinion that you wouldn't pay for. Yep. So when your book comes out, and for anybody who's listening to this podcast today, whenever you produce a piece of work, there will be people, and I've shared this before, who have a vested interest in your life not working. There will be people who are jealous that you've written a book, mm-hmm. and you're going to produce your book, and they're going to get, I'm also writing a book. Oh, are you? Yeah. And it doesn't matter, what, you know, when I told people I'm doing a podcast, and I have a few friends that say, yes, I've been doing podcasts for 20 years. Oh, have you? For 20 years you've been doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I keep being told these type of things that, yeah, I, I, I also have some people I'm doing with. Well, I'm, I'm delighted for you. I'm not trying to compete with you. Yeah. Every time that Rod Stewart puts an album out, he's not worried about John's putting an album out. He just puts it out. Yeah. Oh, well, and actually, if there is any kind of um, competition there between different people, it's very often friendly rivalry that's really marketing. You know, it's about, ah, let's deliberately make these things come out on the same day so there's some conversation. I mean, if you go back to the mid-90s, you know, Blur and Oasis did this thing brilliantly where, you know, literally, um, and I can't remember which one of them it was that led it. I think it was Blur. Blur discovered when Oasis had a new record coming out, so they scheduled theirs for the same day. Oasis not wanting there to be a clash pushed theirs back a week, so Blur did the same. And it quickly became apparent to Oasis's record label management that Blur were deliberately going up against them. So they went, well, what the hell? We'll do the same thing. Now, do you think it, the, all of the media hype around it was beneficial to both bands? Well, that... Absolutely. And there was, at the time, it was made out like the two bands hate each other. But actually, you know, members of uh, Oasis have actually worked with Damon Albarn, who's one of the members of Blur, in subsequent projects and things. It's not like they were, you know, at each other's throats and hating each other's guts. It was, let's hype some stuff up so we can sell more stuff. You know, so if you want to bring a book out on the same day as me, Nigel... Well, I'd like to say I am, but I'm not. But that goes back to competition being good. If you know, if you go to the high street, and, and, and right now, if you go to the high street, you'll see lots of coffee shops. Well, the reason there's lots of coffee shops is because there's a demand. Otherwise, yep. they wouldn't be opening up these coffee shops. Yep. The reason there's a lot of podcasts coming out is because people want to listen to stuff while they're walking or they're training. So don't be scared to put up another podcast. Self-help books are struggling only a little bit because people aren't going to airports and and that's one of the best places to sell it. Yep. So you've now got to think about audio books. So just to let you know, I am thinking of creating an audio book. The problem is, uh, I don't know if it, there's a chapter in your book about procrastination, but I, <laughs> but I haven't quite dealt there with might that be, yet. There might be a book about, the, <laughs> about that. Yeah. But, but it's the idea that you know, very rarely is the market saturated to such a point that there's no more room for it. Yep. So if you're thinking of a new idea... There are three things I would suggest for everyone. One is to get a mastermind team that do what I call TTTTF, which is tell the total truth faster. One is to find some people who've done what you've done. So I'm very lucky that one of the group, one of the people in my mastermind group, Paul McGee, has written 11 books. So he has an expert. And for the first time ever, because he's written a book for teenagers, it's not being picked up by Smiths. So he is now having to come to our mastermind group to find out how to sell books because traditionally Smiths and other retailers have done it for him. So you won't always be the person who knows the answers, but your mastermind group traditionally will know the answer. So first of all, have an idea, share it with people, find the right people who will give you support. But more importantly, if it's in your heart, do it. 
because there is a market for things that make sense. Yep. The problem is we don't listen to our gut, we don't follow our heart, we don't follow our passion. Now, I'm going to share something which is going to be a little bit controversial, which says, chase your passion, not your pension. If you are passionate about something and you get a bandwagon following you and social media allows you to, put it out on social media, listen to what's being said to you, but don't listen to all the trolls because for some of them, they're just jealous of what's going on. So I promise you, Neil... 2% 2% of the world would go, what, another motivational book, another self-help well, book? I mean, the, the first online course that I, uh, was it the first one I launched? One of the first online courses I launched anyway, which is like five or six years ago now. It was a while back. Um, I'd spent a bunch of time developing this thing. I'd put a lot of thought, effort, money, whatever, into building out this course. And I was really excited for the launch. And I might have talked about this on a podcast before, I'm not sure. But literally the first comment to be put on the Facebook ad promoting the thing was F off. And it didn't say F, it said the actual word. I'm just trying to keep my language cleaner. Um, But, you know, it was like F off. And I'm like, great, that's it. They hate it. The world hates this thing, you know. And then I looked in my email inbox and I can see all of the like confirmations of the payments coming through from the people that have bought it. And I'm like, okay, so that one person's opinion actually doesn't matter. But I think most of us have a natural inclination that we want everyone to love us. And when somebody doesn't, it can be hard to accept that actually that person's not, you know, their opinion doesn't matter. It's not relevant. They're not my people. Has your mum seen the book yet? Uh, No. Okay, can I tell you now... And having done enough surveys... Well, actually, she might have bothered some people listening to this, but she hasn't at the point of recording it. There's about three people whose approval you're going to want, okay? Uh, There's your daughter, your son, maybe someone in America, and your mum, okay? Of those four people, I'm telling you now, that's probably the only people's approval you need. Mm -hmm. And if the four of them, who I know love you as much as I do... There you go. I've just done a bit of acknowledgement here for Neil, <laughs> even though I give him a bit of a hard time. If those people acknowledge you and love you for the book you've written and they see the real truth, that's all the acknowledgement you need. Yeah. There has been millions of surveys of people at work and there's an American company who send acknowledgement letters to parents of staff. Yeah, we've talked about this before. So when your book comes out, and I'm sure there'll be an acknowledgement to mum at some point, um, and I know you'll probably get tearful here, and, and to your dad, but that concept of the same place yep. is that they're the people's approval you want. Yep. So you want self-approval, that, you know, this is the best work I could have produced. And you're going to hear these words, I promise you, because I hear it weekly, monthly, you know what you should have done. Well, <laughs> well I'm telling you now it's going to come. And, you know, on chapter 11, there should have been something else. We, they're right, but you know what? This is the best I could do at the, at the point time I did it. Yeah, that totally. I wrote it. Your mum's going to be proud. You can't really call a book "Dumb Beats Perfect" and then publish it and go, "Ah, oh, it was perfect." It won't be perfect. But you it, know, it will be, it will be as good goes, as it could be on the day it's published. And you know, if I get other insights and ideas, there might be another version of it in five years or something. But your mum is going to be one of your biggest cheerleaders, and the poor milkman that comes to deliver milk is going to be. Have you seen my son's book? You know, uh, and your daughter's going to be proud. She'll be embarrassed because her name might be mentioned somewhere in the book. And you know, this is the way it works in developing products. Yep. But if you don't love your product yourself, so, you know, very often, and this video has been done in a different room to normal, 
I normally would have my products behind me because I love my products. Yep. When I do my speeches and I have a video of a springbok or an antelope running into a tree, I laugh at this video. And just for the record, I've seen that video about a thousand times. And I know there's two more videos coming because I love my speech. Yep. I'm proud of my books. Yep. Well, if you're not proud of what you're selling, I'm telling you now, you're not going to be able to sell it well. Yep. So one of the very first books that I wrote was all about masterminding. And I wasn't over proud of it at the time. And do you know why I wasn't proud of it? Why? Because it didn't look like everyone else's book. And I thought it needed to be like everyone else's uh-huh. book. And somebody said to me, of all the books you've written, and I had this not that long mm-hmm. ago, the only book I've kept is 10 Heads are Better Than, than one. one. And I thought, sorry, you, you've got that. You must read it. went, no, I love this book. And I often go back to one of the lines where I wrote a book that said, a lot of people this year are going on holiday to a place called Sunday Isle. Yep. And I had to try and remember because they'd written it a long, long time ago. So there are times where someone will have an insight to your book and they'll share a line of the book which has no significance to you. But it does to them. And it was a throwaway line. I think I mentioned one of my very first speeches that I did. I did did something for the British Housekeepers Association. I can remember where I said it, when I said it. It was at the Royal Lancaster Hotel. Now, if I said to you the British Housekeepers Association, what image comes up for you? Um, I, I'm not sure I should answer. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just share that it was, for, it, was the, it was the British Hotel Association's Housekeepers Conference. And I had this idea of a lady mm-hmm. pushing a, a, a trolley with mm-hmm. cleaning materials. That was the image that I had. In comes 300 ladies. There were about three men who are wearing Chanel suits that look after probably the most amount of staff at any hotel, from Glen Eagles to the Dorchester, that looked better than I did, who probably earned more money than I did. And so that was my first surprise. But in the middle of my speech, I said something like this. I said, be very careful when you put yourself down, because God doesn't make junk. Yep. Two people wrote, two spiritual, and 298 people wrote, one of the best lines I'd ever heard in a motivational speech. Now, to me, it was a throwaway line. Yep. We need to be aware that when we write books, when we speak to people in public, that every word we throw out will have meaning to somebody at some time, not necessarily that day. And it's the thing I've found, the books that have made the biggest impact on me are ones I've read more than once. And each time I read it, I read something different. But what you're going to find And the book is, hasn't changed, I have. But what you're and going to find is that you're going to put the book out and a line that you've put in, chapter 11, seventh line down in the middle of a chapter, is not a big line to you. But it is to somebody else. Because yeah. in that moment in time, their mother died. They've gone through a divorce. Yeah. They've just got a promotion. They've missed a promotion. Their dog's died. And you've said something about loss. And it will hit somebody... And then they'll write to you about that. And you'll think, but did you not like chapter yeah. two? Well, and I think a great place to wrap that up, the actual title of the book, Done Beats Perfect, comes from a video that I recorded in 2015. And it was a throwaway line in the video. And it got such a response that I started using it on stage. And it got such a response, I started including it in all kinds of things I was creating, and it's followed me around ever since. And that's why it's ended up being the title of the book, because so I couldn't, one of the lines I couldn't you... shake it off, but it was, a, it was a throwaway line in a video 
five years ago. But what I'm saying is that there were probably other lines you thought were much better than that, which no one's ever remembered. Exactly, exactly. And there'll there'll be things in this book that, like you say, aren't of significance necessarily to me, but they will be to somebody reading it. Um, And there's actually, there's there's something I've written very much near the end of the book that's, it's actually based on a Buddhist teaching, okay? And it's a Buddhist teaching around four meanings. And I won't go into all of the detail, but the, the bottom line is... You Again, know, we the, need to buy the book to get the four meanings. <laughs> you're going to me, actually make me pull the thing up and read it. No, again. I'm not. But uh, if but, you buy the book at 11.99, coming out at all bookstores <laughs> near you... But, I mean, but the, the, the bottom line with it is there is there's like the superficial meanings we give to things. And then there's a deeper meaning, and there's a deeper meaning, and then there's the ultimate meaning. The ultimate meaning of anything for one person will be different to somebody else. And going back to what I'm saying about like reading a book more than once, the, the meaning that means the most to somebody may not be in the book the first time they read it. So, you know, there's one of your books I've read more than once. I'll tell you what it is if you want, but there's one of your books I've read more than once. Your other books... I, I, I'm impressed he's even read any of my books. I've, I've read more of your books than you would probably <laughs> expect. Um, but there's one of your books I've read more than once, and I've read it very differently the second time the, impact the first time. It was the Impact Code. Um, and the second time I read it, I, I, I basically read a different book, but it's the same book. Because where I was in my life at the time of reading it the second time versus the first time was completely different. And I think that's the point. It's like very often the lesson we need, we've actually had all along. We just weren't looking for it in the right place. Well, look, always the line is, and we'll finish with this, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Absolutely. And for lots of people, whether you're into the Bible, the Koran, Buddhism, whatever religion you're into... There is a line in every paragraph, sorry, there's a line in every chapter that will reach out to you if you're ready to receive it. Yep. So for those people who are listening to our podcast, we hope you've enjoyed this special five editions, which have been longer than we normally do. We'll decide based on the feed forward feedback, whether we continue 12 minutes, 20 minutes, or even we may do an hour special. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, thank you for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week with another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here. Your best year starts right here. Bye-bye. Cool.